Today's advanced training. So, uh, in July of 2021, which is last month, uh, we got together uh, as the Fitz Group for the TFG SummerSlam, and it was an amazing event, uh, the first event of its kind in years and years and years, and we were, we're, we're all still kind of reeling from it and buzzing about it, and just uh, a lot of good things came out of that event at the beginning of July. Uh, one of the things that came out was uh, Adam Johnson's teaching. Uh, and I think the topic was why I don't quit. But um, uh, Adam could not be at the SummerSlam event. He had made previous commitments to his children. And I completely respect and honor him for holding up those commitments instead of coming to our SummerSlam. Uh, it's, uh, you got you to gotta do what you say you're going to do. And he did. And, uh, but uh, we did ask him. We still wanted him to be part of the SummerSlam. And could you please uh, pre-record uh, a talk for us, and, and Adam did, and what I want to show you today is that uh, during the event, while we're watching, everybody's watching this video for the first time, I'm getting texts left and right from people saying, oh my God, this is incredible, can I get my hands on this, I want to watch this again, and I said, yes, 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 and the whole time I'm still sitting there watching it going, oh, this is so good, and uh, I've wanted to replay it um, uh, for the team in a, in a broadcast format, and, and I just chose today to, uh, to take advantage of that and do that. So uh, we get to hear from Adam Johnson, and again, this is from our TFG SummerSlam, uh, and uh, I guarantee you, you're going to get your socks blessed off right now. All right, I don't even know what that means, but uh, here comes Adam Johnson. Hey, everybody, it's Adam Johnson coming at you live or recorded from West St. Paul, Minnesota, which is south of St. Paul. Ask the walkers, they'll tell you where it's at. I'm at the Johnson International Headquarters and Dance Hall, and uh, just so thankful to be here and be able to share this with you today. Um, I really wish I was there in person. I had made some commitments to my boys to go camping with them with the Boy Scouts before knowing the dates of the event, and I wanted to make sure to honor those commitments, but I'm so uh, honored and I'm thankful uh, that Fitz and Heather allowed me to, to share with you today and ask me a part of it. Um, a lot of you know my story. I know my background a little bit. Um, I'm really... The last nine years of my life have been some of the best years of my life. I found a lot of success here with the Fitz Group. Um, just This has changed my family's entire future and what direction we're going. And um, I always, whenever I share my story, I often just go back to the beginning. Uh, from when Grace found me, uh, I was not where I wanted to be in life. And I was actually, um, I, I came come out of a nasty divorce. I was broke. I was financially and emotionally broken. I was living in my parents' basement, and I hated every minute of it. Uh, I was doing my best to, to build great memories for my boys, of three boys, um, but I felt like I was failing them at the end of the day. I was, I was sleeping on a futon in the living room, and the three of them were, were crammed into one bedroom that I used to have all to myself when I grew up in that house. So when I started looking on how to make changes, uh, I was out there reading books and doing what I could uh, in order to try and make a change and um, just fought hard to get out of the position I was in. And the question that was brought to my attention is, um, when you're going through this and you're going through the struggles in our business, why don't you quit? Okay, so that's what I'm going to share with you today is why I don't quit. And I'm not going to lie, 
Um, what we do here can be challenging. And sometimes when I break it down, I go, I don't know why I don't quit. Like, why don't I quit? Right. I had to think about it. So um, this is only my story. And so I can only speak for myself at the end of the day. All right. So if you disagree with what I'm sharing with you today, that's okay. You go your way. I'll go mine. This is why I don't quit. All right. And the first thing I could really break down is I take ownership of my life and where I'm at. And I also leverage my emotions. So if there's two key takeaways I want you to write down today, it's take ownership and leverage your emotions. And we're going to break those down bit by bit. So first of all, what does it mean to start taking ownership of your life? So kind of back to where I, I was just sharing with you, I needed to make a change. I was digging into some books and I found The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Now, I don't swear by everything this guy does in his life or in his books, but chapter one changed my life. And when I read chapter one, here's what it said. There's only one person responsible for the quality of life you live, and that person is you. So this is starting to sting when I'm reading this. And I kept reading. It said, if you want to be successful, you have to take 100% responsibility for everything that you experience in your life. This includes the level of your achievements, the results you, the results you produce, the quality of your relationships, the state of your health and physical fitness, your income, debts, feelings, everything. And again, I'm reading this. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I kept reading it said, everything you experience today is the result of the choices you have made in the past. So here I was stewing in my failure. I was angry at the state of Minnesota for the financial obligations they placed upon me. I was mad at the legal system and how much I had to pay lawyers to get out of this broken relationship that I had tied myself to. I was blaming my ex for all sorts of problems in my life. And this thing right here is saying everything you experience today is a result of the choices you have made. And that's just it. I didn't want to take responsibility for the choices I'd made. I wanted to blame these struggles I had and these failures I had on somebody else, some institution or person out there. And I kept reading and said, if you want to be really successful, you have to give up blaming and complaining and take total responsibility for your life. This means all your results, both your successes and failures. And that just burned. And here I'm just, I'm, I'm burning up inside and I'm reading this and the tears are welling up because I knew that if I was really honest with myself, I wasn't taking ownership for my part that I played in my life. And I was trying to pass the blame of my failures to somebody else and just take credit for the successes. Well, what that did is that gave up my power to make any adjustments in my life. Because if someone else is to blame, that means I need them to fix it. And when I kept reading, here was the good news I found. If you realize you've created your current conditions, you can uncreate and recreate them at will. So I started realizing, if I dug myself into this hole that I'm living in, then that means I can climb on out. That's what this told me. And, it, and I took back that ownership of my failures. And it was painful. And we're, and we're talking, there's emotional issues. There's obviously financial issues. There's relationship issues. I have personal character defects. I was struggling through issues of addiction that I was trying to deny or avoid. And I had to just own these things and start recreating where I was at one by one. And that's when I started looking because I realized finances were just a huge part of my problems. They weren't the only part. I can't dive into how I fixed everything, you guys. But financially, I was broken. And it's hard to look at anything else in life when you're just trying to scrape by to put gas in your tank, right? So I started looking. And that's when I found the Fitz Group. I found the ad that Grace McGill placed. Grace brought me in and took me under her wing, right? 
And I started realizing, okay, if I'm responsible for the quality of my life, what kind of life do I want to create for myself? All right. So who am I now? Who do I want to become? So what do I want my relationships to look like? How, what kind of father do I want to be? Do I want to stay single the rest of my life? Do I want to get married again? If I did that, what kind of person do I need to attract into my life? And who do I need to be to attract them? What kind of car am I going to live in? Where am I going to live? What do I want to do with my time? Where do I want to travel? These are all these things. Who am I and who do I want to be? And then at the end of the day, what do I need to do to get there? What will this require of me? What am I going to have to give up or sacrifice or work on or chisel away at or face? This is tough stuff. And so when Grace took me under her wing, she was going through junk just like I was going through junk, and we all are. We've all got crap in our life we got to deal with. And she helped me go through it with her. And she trained me on how to make dials, how to book appointments, and how to make money. And I found so much more leadership and guidance through the Fitz group, other Fitz and Heather than that. And I found so much deeper relationships and friendships like I do with everyone as a part of the group. But at that point in time, I needed to figure out a way to get forward a new car payment before my car broke down. That was my, that was my level one alert. That was my, you've avoided your diet your whole life, and now you're having a heart attack moment, right? I needed to do something quickly. So what I learned when I start breaking down, what will this require of me? That you need to take whatever aspect in your life you want to work on at that moment and put a game plan into place, right? So now when you put a game plan into place, this is the non-emotional part of it. This is just pen to paper. This is non-emotional. And so just to break down how we make money in the FITS group, we make money by helping clients with insurance products. But you're not able to help them until you call them up on the phone to initiate that conversation. So if you really backpedal to the beginning, we make money when we make dials. And I am not the best sales person in the FITS group. I, I, I definitely don't help the most people or write the most coverage. But I tell you what, I make a lot of dials. And that's how even though maybe I'm not the best person for sales, I can run alongside the best because I keep up with them just by how many dials I make. So I'm often asked, how do you make so many dials? So I'm just going to walk through how to make a game plan. And here's how I do it with dials. The first thing is you got to begin with the end in mind. What's your outcome? So if you use your activity tracker, which many of us aren't, hello, uh, I use mine every week. Take a look at your activity tracker. If you don't know what that is, ask somebody and we'll help you. And we will boil down how much money you want to make, how many dials you got to make, okay? In the meantime, you can figure out to book one appointment, maybe I need to make 15 dials. Great. So if your first goal is to just make that first appointment, maybe you got to make a lot more dials because you're not going to be very good at the beginning. And that's okay. We'll fail our way to the top. We'll fail our way to success. Screw up a bunch of times so you get that win, right? For me, I've learned if I want to make 15 appointments in a week, what I really need to do is do hour and a half dial, dial sessions because I dial at 50 dials an hour. Maybe when you start, you'll be at 30. I'm at 50. I've been doing this a little bit longer. You'll get better too, right? So $50 in an hour, I can get 75 in in an hour and a half. That'll put me at five appointments. So that means if I need 15 dials, I can schedule three dial sessions, all right? So my outcome is going to be one dial session at a time. I'm going to sit down and say, I'm going to dial for an hour and a half. I'm going to make 75 dials and five appointments. At least 75 dials, at least five appointments. So that means is if I book five of 60 dials, I'm going to keep down to 75. Maybe I'll book seven. If I hit 75 dials and I got four appointments, I'm going to have to push through and make more. I need that fifth, fifth appointment, okay? 
All right. So when will I dial? Hour and a half from 9.30 to 11. That's it. On Monday. That's when I'm going to dial. That's not enough, Adam. Okay. I'm also going to dial from 1.30 to 3. That's another hour and a half. I'm going to dial again from 6 to 7.30. I got three dial sessions split up. I'm not working all day. That's four and a half hours of work. And I'm going to book 15 appointments. All right. Now, when and where am I running production? I'm going to run Anoka, Dakota, Ramsey County. All right. I'm going to run Tuesday and Wednesday. There's the answer. It's going to be different for everybody, but I'm down Monday for Tuesday and Wednesday. I know exactly when I'm dialing. I know what my goal is. I know where I'm running my production. Where will I be when I dial? This is overlooked too often. You can have the best game plan, but if I sit down at my kitchen table and all five of my kids are home on summer break and they're running around and doing what kids do, I'm not going to be productive. Maybe I need to go upstairs to my bedroom and shut the door, right? I have an office that I come to now, but it hasn't always been that way. Maybe I have to run um, and go sit in an air-conditioned car and just dial my car on my own. You guys, that's probably the answer for a lot of you. You know, there's you need to be in a place where you can be productive. So where will I be? Plan that out. Who am I going to call? Well, I got leads. I got referrals. I've got current clients. I've got a stack like this, and that's who I'm going to call. Get your stack together ahead of time. So you've got your game plan all lined out. You've got who you're calling, where you're calling, where you're going to be, when you're running production, how much you're going to dial. Get it all lined up, and you're going to keep score as you go because that's how we track and get better. So, again, this is all our game plan, which is very non-emotional. It's numbers. That's all it is. Now, if we were just to map out a game plan and act like this isn't an emotional roller coaster, we are kidding ourselves. And too often, we're not walking through this. So here's the deal. We are emotional beings as human beings. So we need to identify what our emotions are. And we need to identify them for what they are. So an emotion isn't good or bad. It just is an emotion. It is what it is. You need to just honor it for what it is. So if I'm feeling fear, I need to analyze what that is. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Sometimes we programmed ourselves to think that. But okay. Why am I feeling fear? Well, I'm feeling fear because I've invested in a, an insurance license and I've also invested in leads and I'm not very good and I'm going to screw all this up and now I wasted my money and I wasted all my time and all my energy and I'm a failure. Okay, that's, that's fear. All right, so if we can identify that, we can walk through it together and say, look, you're going to suck at the beginning and you're going to have to fail a lot. And that can be tough, but as you go, you're going to keep getting better and keep coming back for coaching and keep watching those videos right? And we're going to keep helping you. You're going to keep getting better. We're going to get you through to success. And you're going to keep making a lot of failures on the way to success. All right. But why are we really afraid? Well, if I keep failing, I'm going to fail my family. Okay. Maybe the real fear is, is I'm going to fail my family. Well, let me tell you, if I'm living in my parents' basement, sleeping on a futon, I'm failing my family. Point blank. So if we can just identify what the root emotion is, I'm not as afraid of all these people being mean to me on the phone, although that is scary and I'm uncomfortable. I'm really more afraid of being a failure overall, right? So now we can use that emotion to either stop us in our tracks or accelerate our actions. So if I can keep that fear in mind that if I don't get through this sucking part as fast as possible, I'm going to be stuck here forever, all right? So it's going to propel us forward. Now let's keep things in perspective. This may be tough. It's okay to just honor that. Honor that this is going to be a struggle and I'm going to push through it. And I'm with a team of people that are going to help me. We're going to get through this together. It doesn't make it easier, but it helps us put things in perspective. 
I'm doing this for my kids. My kids aren't the reason I can't do this. All right. And another thing that really helped put me in perspective is just understanding the big picture in life. Now, the Bible says, for I have plans for you. I know all the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. When I read this, it melted me. And when you continue to read, it says, pray to me. I'll listen to you. Seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that starts a gut check. Am I seeking this with all my heart? If God has a plan for me, purpose, am I seeking him out and, and chasing after that with everything I got? Because it says right there, if I'm reading this correctly, if I'm, if I'm interpreting it correctly, he's got a plan for me. If I do my part, I know he's going to do his. Keep that in mind. I can do what I can do. And the results will take care of themselves. Now, leveraging your emotions, keep your purpose in mind. I don't know what that is. We all have to come up with that, what our game plan is, what the path is. But how much do you hate the position you're in right now? This is how you leverage your emotions. I don't want to be where I'm at right now. Good. That's why you're going to keep pushing through this, this crap. You're going to push through this part that isn't fun, where you're not good at what you do. Okay, because you hate where you're at more, right? You you hate the fact that um, you're you know sleeping on the futon, or maybe that your electrical bill got shut off because you got behind on it, or you hate the fact that your car breaks down all the time, or that you can't afford air conditioning in your car, right? You hate the fact that your kids don't go to the school that you want, they're not wearing decent clothes, whatever the case may be. What is it that's bothering you so much that you will keep moving past that? And if you stop now, what are you giving up? Because you see what the light is at the end of the tunnel. We're trying to show it to you. We're showing you the lives we're at now and what you can have. And what are you giving up if you stop? And who are you going to be letting down? First and foremost is probably yourself. After that is probably your family. Put that in perspective. And how are you going to feel when you come out a winner? Who's going to be proud of you when you cross that finish line? You know, if, if you run a marathon, it doesn't matter what place you are. It's just that you finish. So who's going to be out there when you come out a winner and who's going to be proud of you? Again, for me, first and foremost, it was me. I needed to take some more personal pride in a victory. I needed a win. And then it was my parents because I was leaning on them so hard and I needed them to see that I was making something. And after that was my kids. And you just keep pushing that forward. Now it's my wife, right? But who's going to be proud of me? That's going to propel me forward. That's going to keep that in mind when I'm going through the hard parts. Now, we can't be naive. We need to identify that there's going to be struggles and pitfalls in this, all right? So when we're talking about emotions, we need to realize that we all have our own personal pitfalls. Most of them are the same, but we need to understand what they are and when they happen. So they probably happen when you're tired, hungry, fearful, when your brain's in a fog, when you're feeling alone, scared, you have an emotional overload, right? Those are all times when they're hitting a pitfall. And sometimes if we let those become bigger than our emotion of why we're doing this, we stop, all right? Put backstops in place to either address or avoid these pitfalls. So put something in place so that when you're going forward, you don't go backwards. It's a backstop. It stops you from sliding back. So for me, it's time limits on dialing. I've, I've commented on this a lot. I go for about an hour and a half, and then I'm done. Like, that's my game plan. Now, if I'm feeling great, and everyone's being friendly, and life is good, and I'm emotionally and mentally feeling great. I may dial for two or two and a half hours. It doesn't mean I have to stop. But I tell you what, I got to at least go that hour and a half. And then I, I have permission to stop. I've got another session scheduled later and another one after that. 
This one session doesn't have to be the end-all be-all dial session. So for me, that's how I stop. That's my backstop, right? And there's other ones in, in mind that we already talked about, like having the right mindset and atmosphere. And here's the thing. As you go through this, we need to ask help from people who've been there before us, your mentors, your peers, your coaches. There's probably some blind spots. We all have them. If I'm walking around with toilet paper on the bottom of my shoe, I might need you to tell me, right? That's just how it is. So ask for help and measure it. Now, here's my backstops, all right? So I've already shared a few of them with you, of what they used to be. Like, for example, I used to sit in that bedroom that I hated my kids sharing. That was a backstop. Because if I'm there, I'm not going to quit. Because I'm looking around saying, that I'm going to be stuck here forever, right? So here's my backstop. On my screensaver, I always have something there to keep me moving forward. This is me and my family. I'm in the middle. My family's around me. That's who I'm going to be letting down if I quit. And that's what I'm fighting for. Now, we keep looking forward. I've got the map of the world. This is where I've been and where I'm going. And like right now, there's a pin on there for Aruba. I didn't know where Aruba was. Joe, Joe Walker had to show me where it's at. Man, I couldn't find it. And I put a pin in there and we're planning on going. So if someone's being hard on me on the phone or I'm feeling tired, I can be like, well, I'm going to Aruba, right? Here's another thing. Here's where I've been. If someone's giving me a hard time on the phone. It's like, dude, I've been to the Roman Coliseum. This is worth it, right? Or, hey, I'm going on the next trip to here. There's pictures of here of my friends that I've been on these trips with, the relationship that I've deep, deepened. So it's remembering why you're doing what you're doing and remembering who you are. When someone's on the phone making me feel small because they're super smart and they're telling me, why I'm doing is of no value to them and their family. And I'm wasting their time and this and that and the other thing and making me feel like, you know what? I'm a failure. No one wants this. What am I doing? I'm wasting my time. I'm sucking right now. I can take a look. I've got the statue right here of a warrior. This is from our trip to Mexico. My wife got this for me. And it just remind me who I am. So I'm looking at this. You know what? I'm a freaking warrior. I'm not going to stop because of this jerk hole, right? So he may be giving me a hard time, but I'm at a freaking Johnson. I'm going to keep dialing. And I'm going to listen to podcasts while I die. I got audios coming in my mind, filling up my my heart and my thoughts with good things, propelling me forward in between dials. And pack a lunch, you guys, seriously. When I have brain fog, I'm worthless. I know it seems pointless. Here's one of my favorites. This is the definition of a backstop. It's pulling all the emotion out. So this is for every third haystack I write, I do a different color. In this situation, it's red. So the reason I do that is I know if I make 15 dials, I should book at least one appointment. Boom. So that's tracking my progress. Now, here's what happens, guys. Maybe I make five dials and book three appointments. I'm on fire. Woo, right? That's an emotional high, right? And then I make 40 dials and no appointments. And I'm like, man, I'm a failure. You know, 40 dials, that's almost an hour of dialing, right? And I've got nothing. I'm wasting my time. I should be doing this instead. My wife would appreciate it if I did the laundry. Maybe I should go do this, right? And you carry all these excuses to quit, but uh, and, and voices in your head telling you that you're not winning. But it's like, look, I made three appointments. I'm at 45 dials. That's right on pace. I got a little chart to the left for every 45 dials. You have three appointments. At 60 dials, I should have four, 75, five. And I'm just keeping track. And it's just a little numbers game. It's color-coded. It makes it a little bit less boring while I'm dialing. And it keeps my brain from being emotional about it. It's just literally numbers on a piece of paper. And so it's tracking your numbers. The numbers don't lie and they have no emotions to them. Take a look at them, review them, and see where your ears of improvement are. So again, these are just all pieces where we're either just going to avoid that emotional pitfall or we're going to totally use those emotions and leverage them and propel ourselves forward. All right? So here's the thing. Like I said before, that's my story. And that's why I don't quit. The big question is, what is your story and why are you not going to quit? 
What are you going to do? What's so important to you that you're not going to stop until you get your goal? What part of your life are you going to own today that's yours? That's saying, not at the end of this convention, not when I get home, but today I'm going to put a game plan in place to own this aspect of my life, right? Just pick one at least. Pick one thing and say, I'm owning this and I'm coming up with a game plan. And how are you going to leverage your emotions to push you forward? What about you as an emotional human being is going to propel you to victory instead of freezing you up and making you stop? So that's all the time I have, you guys. I'm so honored and thankful to be here. I hope this was of value and a help to you. Honestly, you are in the best place. You're at the right place with the right time, with the right people. And Fitz and Heather love you guys, and I love you guys. And I'm so proud to be a part of this group. And I hope you have a great rest of your time here down in Texas. Love you guys. Peace! Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.